Welcome back to We Watch We Collect podcast, episode number twenty-six. It's it's another emergency episode, another emergency episode, because a lot has happened since I last recorded, which was this past Sunday. It is currently right now Wednesday, August twenty-fourth, and it is twelve fifty-five. It late at night, almost one o'clock in the morning, because. I had to get an, an emergency episode out because so much shit has been going on. A lot of press conference stuff talk to talk about. A lot of sales to talk about. Potential sales of teams to talk about. And the new, like, and we got to talk about the World Baseball Classic. Not only the players that are on the team so far committed, but the coaching staff that was just recently announced yesterday Tuesday because today is technically Wednesday so emergency episode had to get had to to talk about all this stuff but welcome back to a podcast presented by Believe Podcast Network of course we got to talk about the Fernando Tatis press conference not only the fact that he finally addressed the media about it but you know actually what was actually said by him and you know I man it's very hard to you know kind of feel sorry for the guy and his face like there's there's a photo going around with just everybody has their microphone or their phone or the recording devices right in his face and he just looks like he is exhausted. Like, like, like he wasn't expecting all of this stuff to come out or expecting to answer so many questions. He just looks exhausted in the picture. But you can't feel sorry for the guy. You got pop for PEDs, man. All right. It's 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 one thing to, you know, maybe address the media for some shit that went down that that you might be had to explain like his motorcycle accident, you know, he fell off whatever riding wherever he was, hurt his wrist, like, Hey, address the media. Okay. Maybe you could kind of feel sorry for him. Like, yeah, that was stupid. Should have never been done in the first place, but now it's a whole new circumstance. Now you got to talk about steroids, man. Like, Oh man. But, um, there was an audio clip of it, but, it's a lot of it. It is just like a little bit of like background noise. So I'm not going to play it because it's probably won't sound that well through the microphone. But I'm going to read you what he said. And I quote, I'm truly sorry. I have let so many people down. I have lost so much love from people. I have failed. There's no one. There's no other one to blame but myself. I made a mistake. I'm going to remember how this feels And I'm not going to put myself in this position ever again. I know I have a lot of love to, uh, I have to gain back. I have a lot of work to do and it's going, it's going to be a very long process. Okay. In my personal opinion, that sounds like a very generic apology. Like if someone like wrote them, like not a script, but like wrote it down, like here, say this like this or not verbatim, but you know, in your own words, say this. And that's exactly what he did. Basically, like I made a mistake. I let my fans down. 
I, I, I'm gonna have to remember this the rest of my life. That sounds like a generic apology, dude. Like, I, even even in the audio, it sounds very generic. Like, he he didn't sound like he was really like, like, oh shit, I gotta do this now. That's just my personal take on it. I mean, it just sounds very generic. Like someone wrote down a little script. Hey, say this, put this in your own words, and that's what he did. Like, I don't know. I don't. As I, I wish I could talk to Padres fans. Like me as a as a baseball fan myself, I'm not a Padres fan. Like I don't root for him, like by any means or whatever. Like I don't. I never really cared that much for Tatis in the first place. I love the way he plays the game. I love his little like stutter step at third base like crossing third base after he hits a homer. I love all that shit. I love the 3-0, the 3-0 uh, count grand slam that he hit. I love all of that. I love the way he plays the game. Well, there's just, I don't know, something about his, maybe it's just his attitude, whole thing, and then like what went on last year with the whole Manny Machado actually putting him in his place. Like this isn't about you when they were going through the slump and they were actually knocked out of the wild card during that time. Like, that really put into perspective for me where I don't know if he really plays for the team or if he just plays for himself. But uh, back to what I was getting at, I mean, like as a fan, I don't, I don't want like a, well, I, well, not want, but I don't need an apology. I could care less, dude. Like you don't affect me in no way, shape, or form. Like, like you're first off, you're not my team. You're not my favorite player. You're not in my league, in the American League. You're not much less my division. Like, I don't need an apology, and I don't want one. I could care less if he addresses the media and apologizes. What I would want as a fan is a accountability. Like, admit it, dude. Like, I mean, as far as, like, the whole press conference thing, I, I haven't seen all of it yet so I'm curious as if there are some reporters that are asking him like hey like do you know exactly what you were taking for your so-called ringworm or whatever you was going on with for his haircut or did someone just hand you you know like a bottle of something and here take this and you took it without looking or something like that I mean those are the questions like Where's the where's the accountability? Not like, oh, I got a lot. I lost a lot of love. No shit. Oh, I got a lot. Of, I got a, a lot to do. I got a lot of work to do. No shit. Like everybody knows that already. But where's the accountability? Just it it it's it just own it, okay? Like just admit it already. Now, what the further I'll get into it is, or what I what I, eh, what I would really like to know is like what actually was he really thinking when you know all this was going down and it actually came out like what did you expect like you you were gonna have to address the media at one point whether by yourself or like he was with the owner like it, it's going to have to happen eventually. It had to happen eventually. So what what was his thinking? Like, you can't go into this stuff and just say, like, I'm sorry. I got a lot of love that I need to make up with fans. 
Like, there's already photos going around, man, where fans are just shutting you out completely now. And then, and then there's like this, the whole other talk, like, well, what does that do to his Hall of Fame uh, potential or whatever? Okay, first off, he's had one good season in 2020, uh, no, when was it? In 2021, he didn't even play a full that full season to begin with. Yeah, he was great, hit 40-plus bombs, but he didn't even play the full season in that time. And then he hasn't really won anything to be even considered like a Hall of Fame inductee or whatever you want to call it. Like, I mean, in my personal opinion, just because he's Fernando Tatis and he played, a, you know, really well for the first, you know, three seasons that he's been in, he didn't play a full season in 2021. I believe he only played, I think, 130 games or 131 games. Didn't play a full season because he got hurt. Continued to get hurt in that off season when he hurt his wrist on the bike. Couldn't play anymore. And then going here to 2022, wasn't going to play for the season or wasn't playing for the season, wasn't going to come back. And then now he gets pops for PEDs. And now he's not going to come back. And he's not going to come back for 2023 for 42 games. And on top of that, it might be even longer because now he's going to have the soldier, the, the shoulder surgery that was so eagerly pushed on him, but he refused to do it. And there was because of that uh, shoulder uh, hurtness or whatever was going on that he actually got pushed into the outfield in 2021. What you, he was taken out of shortstop because he can't risk him ma- making the diving plays or whatever he likes doing. Got to stick him in the outfield. Just put that glove up. That's all you can do right now because we can't have you diving all over the place. Now they're pushing that uh, shoulder surgery during his suspension. Now you have to think again, looking ahead after the 42 games that he's done next year, is he going to still be right to play after that when he's had soldier? Uh, why do I keep wanting to say soldier <laughs> shoulder surgery, shoulder surgery, shoulder surgery, whatever shoulder surgery. Okay. The team has wanted Tatis to have sh- sh- uh, surgery. It, God dang it. Surgery on his shoulder since last year. Like I said, like it, it's been going on. It's been dislocated multiple times, but he he wanted to play through it because I don't know if he's just that, you know, stupid or like stubborn. Maybe it's just stubbornness. He's young. He's stubborn. He wants to play. He wants to be out there for the team all the time. I get it. There's players that play through injuries, but some players play through certain little injuries where it's not a, a big joint in your arm. And it's a joint that you need for your certain position at shortstop. I mean, and, 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 uh, and of course this is not like, like shoulder injury has nothing to do with what was going on with his wrist injury and, or none of that with the whole motorbike accident or ATV accident that he had. And and that famous quote when he was like, which one? So it's like, oh my gosh, dude. Oh Jesus. So you have to think to yourself, like if I'm okay, no, if I'm the 
let's say I'm the front office. I'm gonna I'm gonna play I'm gonna play roles in this episode. I'm gonna play front office roles for both of these stories, for both the Fernando Tatis stuff and the uh, Angels potentially selling their team, uh, or the owner potentially selling the Angels team. So I'm I'm the San Diego Padres front office. We just signed a contract for this dude for a a, a lot. You know, uh, damn, how much was that? Uh, 14 years, $340 million. I ju- it just hit me right now. 14 years, $340 million. And he signed through 20, what is it? 2034. 2034. That is crazy. And he's, he's 23 years old right now. So he is young, you know? Maybe it comes with maybe being naive, like I said before, stubborn. Oh, I don't want shoulder. God dang it, shoulder surgery, because you know it's gonna put me off, and then I can't play. But look what happened, dude. You got hurt anyways, and now because of this, you're not gonna play, and you're not gonna play next year for a certain amount of games, forty-two games, and then you're gonna have surgery. And then after that, you don't even know how long the recovery time would be. And now you're still not going to play for the team. So now, again, back to what I was going for. I'm the front office. I'm probably damn frustrated right now. Like, oh, my God, dude. Like, can't you stay healthy for at least 150? You know, he's only had one season where he played over 100 games. Only one season. His first season. What was it? Damn, I used to know all this stuff. Um, 80, I think it was 80, 84 games. 2019, 84 games. He was on the run for Rookie of the Year. He got hurt in 20, uh, 2019. Played a semi-full season, you know, Mickey Mouse season of 2020. He played this one. He played 59 games, that I know. And, you know, semi-full season, but whatever. Less games than he played the previous season. And then come 2021, where, you know, he had that monster season hitting 42 home runs. Only played 130 games or 131, I believe. Might be 130. I know it's somewhere around there. He hasn't played a full season. I mean, look at the season. You're missing, was it 162? Missing 32 games. That's a lot, man. That is a lot. That can mean a lot to your team, especially to last year that the Padres were clinging onto a wild card spot and he goes down. Well, actually, before he went down, they had that whole like little slump where they're losing games and then he goes down and then they're done. And now, granted, you got to give credit to the Padres, you know, their lineup and who they got now with, you know, they're making the run. They're in a wild card spot, which I, I mean... Some games have happened since my last standings check. I'm going to have to look. But they might be in a wild card spot. They're doing it without you. You know, as Mike Clevenger said, you know, we got this far without him. And, you know, we hope he grows up. Mike Clevenger had the best quote from anybody who has said anything about him. Like, basically, like, like, basically sunning him. Like, pointing his finger at him. Looking down on him. Pointing your finger, like... Like, you need to grow up, dude. We got shit to do. We got we got things to win. 
we need like we got this far without you so like it's either like kind of like you're either with us or you're not and right now he's not with them and he's not going to be for the rest of the season in 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 the off season in spring training and in the regular season for 42 games so as a front office guy you're frustrated man you're paying this dude a shit ton of money and he hasn't even given you like an actual full season hasn't won really you know anything he's gotten you know nominations or you know little votes here and there you know mvp votes and things like that but he hasn't won anything yet no gold gloves yet no mvps didn't win rook of the year was close but he got hurt has hasn't touched the postseason yet obviously with that comes with no world series ring so now people are saying oh is this hall of fame career tainted right now what hall of fame career what Hall of Fame career? I'm going to say it. Hot take. Call it a hot take. I, I don't care. But what Hall of Fame career at this point does Fernando Tatis Jr. have? He doesn't have one. He has one, se- one season where he hit over 40 home runs. That doesn't say Hall of Famer. Not to me. No. And I, I'm, I was going to say, oh, I'm sorry. But no, no, I'm not sorry. What Hall of Fame career? I want I I need to talk to I want I would like to talk to some Padres fans because you know their bias is going to come in and I'd like to hear you know their bias side of it but what Hall of Fame career I would like to know that but back to the whole Tatis thing going to have surgery on his sho- uh, shoulder pop for PDs release the final statement at least at least as a fan of the sport, I would just at least like accountability, like a, a yeah, I did it. At least give a reason why, like at least admit it, like enough with the stories, like tell the, like tell the story, what happened. All right. This doctor from another country gave me this cause he said it would help me recover faster with my wrist injury so I could be back to play with the team. Okay. Did you read the bottle? No, I didn't, but he told me it was fine and all and this and this and that. Okay, now we know it's not completely your fault. Okay, you're dumb for not reading the fine print on the bottle or whatever it was. But okay, at least we know it wasn't your fault. A little bit, but not fully. Or it's, yeah, I chose to do it because I wanted to come back and I knew it was going to like come up on a test. I knew what was in the bottle. But I took it anyway because I wanted to play. I wanted to come back strong so I can hit bombs and win. That's accountability. Okay. You know, like, that's all it is. Just admit it. And I'm 100% sure that people look past it. Honestly. Like, have if don't do it anymore. Get popped this one time. Don't do it anymore for the rest of the 12 years you got in your contract or 13 years have stellar seasons you know and then people will bring up the hall of fame stuff again okay did he have a hall of fame career after the ped stuff went down they're gonna look back on it when when 2034 happens and he's like close to retiring and then in 2039 when he's on the ballot five years later 
then they're going to talk about it. Like, hey, remember that time in 2022 when he got popped for PEDs? Oh, yeah, but he, like, maybe he could still get in because he admitted it and he owned up to it and he didn't fail a test after that for, for 13 years. Then that would matter. Not right now. Don't bring up Hall of Fame career is tainted now. Because what Hall of Fame career? And he got popped early. Okay? Maybe there is like some type of little thing that can happen where, you know, when could a player career can't or when can he get popped for PEDs in his career to where it does affect, you know, his future in inductment in the Hall of Fame if if he's that potential player. But right now, Fernando Tatis Jr., in my personal opinion, does not hall have a Hall of Fame career resume right now he does not so all the people out there that are saying this is going to affect the hall of fame yeah when it comes to that time not right now because he does not have a hall of fame career he has one season where he hit 42 or 43 home runs and and so far that's it didn't play not gonna play a single game for 2022 and again for next year He's going to miss games. Again, he will not have a full season. So that's one, two, three, four, five years in the big leagues that Fernando Tatis Jr. will be in and he will not play a full season. A comparable full season to other shortstops out there. And you want to talk about he's a, he has a Hall of Fame career already? Give me a break. Drop that shit. He does not. Anyway, that's what all that's that's all I got for the whole Fernando Tatis thing. And you might say, "Well, Chris, your voice sounds like you're just like hating on the guy." I I never had a, a like a, a a likeness to him. I just liked the way he played the game, but his, the whole attitude thing or whatever. I don't know. I I can't put my finger on it, but there was just something about him that I never really cared for but all the the theatrics that he does the whole 3-0 grand slam the stutter step at third after homer you know like when he faced trevor bauer covering his right eye because trevor bauer is covering his left eye whatever i love all that shit but i don't know there's just something about him i never really liked but that's all i'm gonna say for the fernando tati's junior thing that's going on had to talk about it in this emergency episode because uh it was said that earlier well, i keep saying today today's wednesday tuesday that tuesday they were going to finally address it and they did so i had to talk about it just had to talk about it had to be talked about next thing we have we have i i don't know if this is how you pronounce his name but it's a-r-t-e it's Artie, Artie moreno which is the uh, owner for the LA Angels, uh, recently said that he is exploring selling the team. My first initial thought, without having actually put in like deep thought around it, is it's about damn time, dude. All right? Okay. But, uh, again, I'll read another quote that uh, uh, Moreno said. Um, he said, 
It has been a great honor and privilege to own the Angels for 20 seasons. As an organization, we have worked to provide we have worked to provide our fans an affordable and family-friendly ballpark experience while fielding competitive lineups which included some of the game's all-time greatest players. Okay. Now, the pro- the problem I have with that he's probably talking about like 2010 and before. <laughs> Not or like 2012 and before, not 10 years, 2012 to 2022. He's not talking about those 10 years he, he or 20 seasons. He's not talking about these 10 seasons. He's talking about the previous 10 seasons because, yeah, like these past 10 seasons, they've had, you know, like good lineups and rightfully so competitive lineups but you're doing something wrong with that team, man. He's doing something wrong. And now he's potentially selling the team, which is kind of the route that the Nationals are are taking also, which they they let go of their star, well not let go, but they traded their star player, you know, for this this and that and prospects. Now they're looking also sell the team. Now they've got the one guy off their hands, you know, kind of like just hands are clean type thing. Now you deal with him or we'll sell the team and we don't got to worry about signing them anymore. The same thing can be said about the Angels. Because now I'm, I'm going to put like a like a like a buyer hat on. I'm a billionaire, millionaire, like potential baseball team buyer. I got that hat on. Boom. I just got word that. Uh, Moreno's looking to sell the Angels. Ooh, okay. I'm looking to buy a team. Angels a good team to buy. You know, they make money. They're on there. They got some good players. But if I'm going to go in that room, the meeting room, wherever, you know, like wherever they talk about that stuff, because I doubt it's going to be over a phone, but wherever they go in, I'm going to go in with the first question is, when I buy this team, will Shohei Otani be signed? Yes or no? That is the question I want an answer to. And I want, I, me personally, I would want a straight answer. Yes or no. If it's yes, then okay, let's talk numbers. If it's no, then, well, why not? And... You know, he's kind of a point why I want to buy this team. You know, he brings in the money in some way, shape, or form. You know, he's a good face to have on this in, in this uniform that I might potentially own. And he's in the same lineup with arguably the best player in the past 10 seasons. You know, some of the 10 seasons that you were talking about in the past 20 in Mike Trout. They're in the same lineup. That's what I'm that's what I'm going in with. If I buy this team, will Shohei Otani be signed? Yes or no? That's what I want the answer to. I'm a buyer. That's the first question I'm gonna ask. And here's the reason why. It's a selling point. You're looking to as a seller, if he's a seller, you're looking to sell this team like, like, hey, 
Like, here's this product. It's It's got, like, you know, like a few little cool things. But it's also got the bells and whistles attached to it. Bells meaning Mike Trout. Whistles mean Shoney Otani. It's got all that attached already. You don't got to pay extra for it. So as a buyer, you're like, okay, now I don't got to, you know, cough up money. If that time came, if I bought this team and he wasn't attached to him. So again, I'm a buyer and I'm like, okay, they're already attached. Shit makes my job easier. I don't got to go out handing out contracts or, or doing all that other stuff or actually approving contracts and stuff like that. Okay. That's, that's one thing off my plate. Now, if he wasn't signed and, or it's potential like they let him walk because next year is going to be very, very interesting for Shohei Otani. Very, very interesting. Even this offseason might be a little very, very interesting. But next year is going to be very, very interesting because if he's looking to sell the team, he's going to have to watch out for the potential moves or deals that he might do for Shohei Otani. Everyone wants Shohei Otani to leave. They want him on a competitive team so he can see the postseason and get a chance to win a ring. That's what I would say 80, like 88% of the fans would say. Get Shohei Otani out of there. Mike Trout, it's too late. Get Shohei Otani out of there. Get him to a competitive team. Get him on the on the Giants or something or shit. I don't know. Atlanta. I don't know. Get him on a competitive team. That's not just gonna waste his talent. Now, if the Angels potentially look at that option to trading him and they get, you know, a shit ton of prospects back, because I'm assuming you would get double the prospects that um that the Nationals got first Juan Soto because it's just more valuable. And then you want to sell the team. I don't know if you would have many suitable, no, not suitable, but, you know, potential buyers after that. That's just my personal thinking. Like, who would want to buy that team with not the face of baseball? on on your lineup in your lineup in your uniform with with the guy who fans you know go to see like they don't go to that stadium or that or or whatever to root for who else is on that team they're going for Shohei Otani and not only that that team has some ugly contracts i mean they're Paying uh, a lot of money to Noah Syndergaard, who got traded. Paying a lot of money to Mike Trout, who has his has had his ups and downs. They're paying a shit ton of money for Anthony Rendon, who really hasn't played yet for them. And then I do believe they're still paying Josh Hamilton's contract. So you have to look at it as if, like, what. What do we get? What do we want to get into this right now? As a, as a, 
a buyer like do i really want to get into this team right now because right now like they don't even know what they're doing or their plan to win a world series they don't even know what they're doing and do we want to step in by the team and have a like an idea of what we're going to do now do oh now we got to deal with the Rendon contract Oh, showing a time we bought this team without Otani being signed. Well, damn. Like, all right, do we sign him? Do we want to spend more money and potentially just not win? Are we just going to buy this team to bring in some dollars to sell tickets or what have you? Because to be honest, there's not many fans at Angel Stadium. And if there are, it's probably the day that Otani is pitching. You know, he can't pitch every day. You know, so you're not selling out or whatever every day because he's not going to pitch. So I don't know. A lot of that, a lot of that stuff just goes through my head when, when things, well, sorry about that. When a lot of things like this happens and, you know, a lot of people don't think about this like, oh yeah, buy the team. Like, yeah, you'll make a lot of money. Yeah. But as an owner, like, don't you want to win? Like, I mean, for me, anyway, if I'm, I want to buy a major league team, I want to win. I want to win within the first five years of me buying that team. You know, do what John Henry did with the Red Sox. I bring that up because I know it. But, like, shouldn't everyone want to think that way with buying a, like buying any team in general, in any sport? You want to win a championship. You want to win a World Series. You want to win a Super Bowl. You want to win the Finals. You want to win. And the Angels are not a winning team. They're not. And they're wasting two players' talents by not being a winning team. Because I don't know if it's the front office people, the GM, ownership, or I don't know, the scouts are just not scouting the right people. I don't know what it is, but they're doing something wrong over there and you know i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna try to give my buddy uh chris a call because he is an angels fan so i want to see what his take on this whole selling the team thing and get his opinion so i'm gonna see if i'm gonna call him right now and see if he'll actually uh answer right now to see if he can actually give me like a little uh opinion on things that are happening right now with the angels let's give him a call I don't know if I actually don't know if he's awake. Oh, there he is. Hello. Hey, man, are you awake? Yeah. Barely awake or a little bit? No, I'm awake. What's up? All right, man. So I'm <laughs> I'm recording an emergency episode right now, mm-hmm. and I'm talking about the owner of the Angels looking to sell the team. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm calling you because I already talked about it a little bit, but I want your take on it as an Angels fan. Uh, it was kind of difficult because Artie Marino. Also, oh, it's really Artie. Know a lot about him. It's Artie, not Arte. I think it's Artie, but I okay. could be wrong. Okay, cool. I got it right. Okay, so go ahead. I don't know a lot about him. 
like he's not a very public person he did do like some charity stuff but he's like I don't know how long he's owned the team at least maybe 10 20 seasons 20 seasons yeah like I've been an Angels fan for like 15 years maybe more probably 18 years or whatever but about the H throughout that time I don't see him that much like in any capacity other than press stuff so it's like under his leadership I think the Angels became to a degree more established but the recent like controversies and tragedies even though it's not necessarily his fault like he let he let some people into the nest you know what I mean yeah like the whole Tyler Skaggs incident and uh the organization kind of so not only took a hit but it's like I don't know it just wasn't it just wasn't a good uh, a good feeling around the team and you know he signed plenty of players he traded for players he drafted players but like as an owner um, I don't know he was just I don't even know what to, what to say. As an owner, he wasn't really, like, present enough, even though he was probably there the whole, he was there the whole time, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. I don't know. I'm not saying he has to be, like, George Steinbrenner or anything or, like, the Glaziers, but I don't know, just, uh, I don't know, just, like I said, I felt like the team became more established especially after the whole Disney era, even though I wasn't an Angels fan back then. Not that Disney ruined everything, but the whole image of the team was completely different, and he just solidified our current image. And but like, I don't know. I don't think he took enough... I don't think he, he did enough to like really make us into I don't want to say like a powerhouse but like just something to just something like he didn't do enough to make us a a more of a presence in the league you know well no well, like well say it how it is he didn't do anything to make you guys competitive um kind of hard because it's not like he spent the money he just spent it in the wrong people <laughs> yeah <laughs> in my opinion and not just the Albert Pujols deal but like dude we signed Josh Hamilton and like Bobby Abreu and like these other like veterans for like one year deals and they did okay but it's like man that's a big price tag for a cup of coffee you know yeah and like Finally, we got like some young players. Like you know, I, you know, Mike Trout was a godsend. But finally, we got some young players in recent years that you know, are showing potential. But it's like, man, 
the whole playoff thing is just such a such a crutch. It's such a crummy thing to to, to go through, and it's like. Like he says, not that he didn't spend money, he just didn't spend it on the right people. And he overpaid. So, and the, the results were mediocre, and that just set a whole tone that ended up garnering, garnering us a reputation. And it's just, it's just terrible. Okay, so, so, so here's my question, because I, I brought it up. And I talked about it a little bit earlier on the episode. And by the way, you're you're gonna be on the episode, by the way, because I have. Yeah, you are. Uh, so here's my question: Before he sells the team, does he sign or trade Shohei Otani, and would that affect selling the team? I don't think so, to be honest with you, because you can say it would, but. Wait, wait, wait. You don't think so what, though? I don't think it'll impact the sale of the team if he trades them. I think he would. And I understand that, but to me, not so much because as good as Otani is, um, he's already got the main piece signed, and that's Mike Trout. And it's not that Otani is not better or worse than Mike Trout, just... My job is way more established. And um, they say if you were to trade Otani before or after the sale, it would it would have a lot of like PR effects, but in terms of like the overall value of the team, like no. No, I'm no no, I'm not talking about value. I'm talking about like like it losing potential buyers. Because like I talked about earlier, like if I'm a buyer and I go in that room. The first question I'm asking is when I buy this team, will Shohei Otani be signed? Yes or no. That's the first question I'd ask. And I'd want a straight up answer. And I understand you, but not all buyers are going to have that mindset. Oh dude, come on. Hey, some people just want a team just to have a team. That's a stupid reason to have a team in my opinion. No, I mean, there's very few business people that own teams, but they own teams because they want to win. I hear you, and, you know, keeping Otani is really important, but I'm just saying these people got agendas, dude, and ulterior motives. But, um, because you could buy a team, but you can make awful decisions from the get-go right away. It's true. But I'm just saying, you know, because I don't know if you, I know you don't follow soccer, but the people who uh, bought Manchester United, one of the biggest soccer teams in England, um, they have made some really bad choices and really bad buys. And the team hasn't performed to their usual measure, and the fucking fans hate them. And it's like, those those people buy teams, and it's just like once you put those type of people in charge, and a lot of craziness can happen, you know. So yeah, well, well then, since you're saying that, like, as a fan, you would want that type of owner to Absolutely buy your not, team. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you don't want that though. No, but the highest bidder cannot be the the, the best 
buyer. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. As, as much as you want to have a you know a really good owner and that, these some of these people who end up buying the team are not for the, are the best for the team. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that happens in sports, so it's a business thing, as I said. But um, I don't know. I'm just uh, I'm hoping whoever does buy the Angels in general just uh, just uses the opportunity to really fix the the whole the whole like. I don't want to say image, but it's like just the whole stigma behind the team because it's just annoying. Because it's not like the players haven't tried or it's not like, you know, we haven't had our our moments and, you know, our, our bad luck. It's just the, the fan base and the organization deserve better than what we've been getting. And I think the fan just, base more than the organization. I know, but like, there's long-time people there who are just good people, and I'm just saying that they have nothing to do with decisions or anything. I'm, I'm counting, like, like you know, just people of the area type of thing. Oh, okay. Because they're, they're, you know, they're part of the organization, too, and just, it's just, um, I don't know, and it's not just winning. It's just, like, the whole culture, you know? Yeah. And I think... We have everything we need, not just players and, and, you know, the ballpark and our image, but it's just like we should be on that upper echelon all the time. And I don't see why we can't reach that without having to sell out or just do it by, I don't know, just stupid, stupid reasons. Yeah. And it's really hard to to explain as like one big problem because it's, it's such a multitude of issues. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, before I let you go, any like final thoughts? No. No? Well, like I said, I want whoever buys the team to, you know, invest into just the culture of the team and not let you know, dumbass people into the, into the nest again, and and just try to try to create something that's that's our own, and not piggyback off of trends and you know what's ever popular right now. You know, because you know the Houston Astros were terrible for a long time after you know. Um, Baggio and Bagwell and Berkman left. Like they were, they were bad for like seven years. And um, then they got that young core together, and you know, you know how that happened, and blah blah blah. But it's like, if they could turn it around, then we could turn it around. Because even though they're full of shit still, um, like, there's nothing that that could stop us from being a successful team. Unless we're getting to like curse of the Billy Goat bullshit, but I don't even want to entertain that idea. So <laughs> whoever buys the team needs to really establish a line in the sand and just, you know, the results will vary, but I think we can be one of the upper echelon teams in terms of just, you know, prestige and, and quality and 
you know, the fan base, I love the fan base, you know, we're, we're passionate and, you know, I'm not comparing us to other fan bases, but they like their baseball, okay, in Orange County. And just, you got, that's something to, to work with and build on because uh, there's nothing that, that can stop us from, like I said, being an established franchise to uh, just propel us forward, you know, because... You, you, no matter what happens, like Trout and Otani are not going to be here forever. Even though, you know, you can say whatever you want about individual players, the team is going to go on no matter what. So, yeah, that's worth investing in—not just this year, next year, five years, ten years, but you know what I mean. Yeah. So, you better invest in that because the fans are going to be invested in it. The players are going to come and go, but. The team will remain. I don't want to be no, you know, Oakland Athletics, Tampa Bay Rays, and even though you know, yeah, the Rays true. have been successful. It's like, dude, why haven't the Rays got a new ballpark in that fancy city? Like everything's all high, like high tech and fancy in Tampa now, and it's like Oakland is this everything professional has moved out of Oakland. The Warriors, the Raiders, and the Athletics are probably gonna go to vegas or something i don't know yeah <laughs> i don't want the angels to ever become anything like that because of bad ownership and bad luck but oh oh well but yeah i wanted to get see if you were to answer tonight give you a quick call and see if i can get your take on it that's fine it, it's it's a complicated issue because even if he sells the team, you know, two, three billion dollars, I don't care. It's just like no, the team is worth more than that. Yeah, whatever the price is, it's just like I don't want no dumbass group coming in. And they think they're the smartest guys in the room because they paid a price tag, you know? Yeah, and just totally try things that are, you know their own ideas and it just proves to be like blame you know yeah it make us characters and like create a whole new reputation of just being whatever you know alright but last question before I let you go one, one last question does Albert Pujols yeah. hit 700 yes or no isn't he 8 away 7 yes he does? Yeah, so he'll get like he'll get like two in like two or three weeks and then in September he'll get four or five and he'll be good. Okay. So he will. Yeah, he'll he'll if he'll finish like with seven hundred or seven oh one. Alrighty. That's all I wanted to know. Just yes or no. All right. Got it. Gosh, you're so peculiar, kid. <laughs> <laughs> It's all good. But all right, dude. I'll let you go back to sleep. I'm recording this episode, and I'll probably hit bed right after that, too. No, that's fine. I wasn't asleep. I'm just, like, really out of it. (laughs) All righty, man. We'll see what happens with the Angels, if anything happens. Cool, man. Well, it was good talking with you, and I hope you you take it easy. All right, man. You, too. Later. Later. Okay, so Buddy's got his own his own uh take on you know if the Angels 
if the owner does sell the Angels, he's got his own take on it. And you know, but he's got his own. He's he's an Angels fan, so he'll he'll have his own little view on it. So he wants his organization to be established, you know, good owners come in, do the right things, make some right moves, and win. Hands down. That's all it is. Just win. Uh but that's uh that's enough about the Angels. Uh, this episode is getting close to an hour long already. I honestly didn't want it to get that long. So I'm just going to honestly go over really quick the awesome news that was released. I keep wanting to say today, but it's not. Today's Wednesday. Yesterday, Tuesday, was the coaching staff for Team USA for the World Baseball Classic. First off, the manager is Mark DeRosa, which I think is badass. I like Mark DeRosa. I love him on MLB Network. I love when him and Al Leiter go back and forth in the studio just talking baseball, talking hitting, talking pitching. I love even past videos from past years. I will watch them all the time. I'll watch reruns of them because Mark DeRosa just feels like he he lives and breathes baseball. Like his sons are in baseball. Al Leiter, his son is in baseball. He was drafted first round pick last year in Jack Leiter. So he knows baseball. He's a he's he was a pitcher. So really happy Mark DeRosa. Happy for him, Mark DeRosa. Now, here are the two that are that are that, that happen or not happen, but uh Damn, what's the word I'm trying to say? Uh, announced. Announced. The two two names that were announced. So the first one, pitching coach, Andy Pettit. Lefty had one of the best pickoff, pickoff moves ever. Yankee was, I and I believe was at uh, Derry Jeter's wedding, most likely, was part of the core four for the Yankees. With him, Jorge Posada, Mariano Rivera, and Derek Jeter. So, Andy Pettit as a pitching coach, not a bad pitching coach. Here's the big one. The hitting coach for Team USA 2023 for the World Baseball Classic. None other than Ken Griffey Jr. Talk about a coaching staff. Like, oh, man, you want to talk about the perfect guy to be, you know, kind of be your hitting coach? 630 home runs? And, you know, not just like not just the home runs. I mean, MVP, I mean, multi all-star at Ken Griffey Jr., Hall of Famer. And now he's your hitting coach for Team USA. That's just awesome. I mean, I love that. That is just badass. It's going to be great watching the World Baseball Classic and seeing all these guys in the dugout. Like, that... You want to talk about a dream team? Team USA is a dream team. And it's just the coaching staff. That That is just badass. Awesome to see Andy Pettit as the pitching coach for Team USA. And Ken Griffey Jr. as the hitting coach for Team USA. 2023 World Baseball Classic is going to be badass. I'm going to be watching it. Of course, I'm going to have episodes about me watching it. And I hope 
USA comes back with the win again. Again. I sure hope so. Because, man, we got Mike Trout, Cedric Mullins, Bryce Harper, Nolan Arenado, Trevor Story on the squad. Oh, man. I can't even wait to see what pitchers are going to want to are going to commit to playing. I mean, if I had to take my pick, I would like Scherzer, DeGrom, Clayton Kershaw, throw in, oh, shit. Oh, man. I don't know. Throw in Dylan Cease in there. Oh, shit. Talk about another. And then you got Andy Pettit as their pitching coach. Not not like not like they need it, but, I mean, if you're going to ask for advice from anybody, shit. He's not a bad choice. And then you got, like, Arenado, Trout, and Bryce Harper in your lineup. And they're going to go to talk to, they're going to go talk to Ken Griffey Jr. in the batting cages. Being like, hey, how do I get to this pitch? And Ken Griffey Jr. is going to tell him how? Holy shit. I'm excited. I'm excited for the World Baseball Classic 2023. I'm be tuning in. And I'm sure all the baseball fans out there be tuning in because our team is stacked. Is stacked. I'm excited, and judging by it, when the jerseys come out or when they're released or what they look like, shit, I might get one. I I, pr- I probably might get one, but really excited for Andy Pettit and Kevin Griffey Jr. as the hitting coach and the pitching coach for Team USA for the 2023 World Baseball Classic. Bad ass, but that's enough. That well, not not enough, but that's it for. Um, this episode, emergency episode, actually coming close to an hour long. I did not expect it to go this long, but either way, had to put out an emergency episode, had to talk about all this stuff that's been going on and thank you all for tuning in, for listening. Thank you to everybody who follows on Instagram, uh, follows on Instagram. If you don't, it's, we will at, uh, at, we watch, we collect, follow, uh, thank you again. Thank you everyone for listening. Thank you to Believe Podcast Network, and I'll see you guys in the next one.